Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack. In this episode, I'm going to teach you how you can negotiate a higher salary after already sharing a lower number early on in the process. So this episode was actually inspired by a friend of mine's post on LinkedIn. His name is Adam Broda. He's an awesome guy, great career coach. You should definitely go check him out and follow him. But he basically posted about this and he had a really great take on it, which I'm going to share. But I also had another take, another strategy or angle that you can use to negotiate up from a lower number that you gave. And I want to include that as well. But overall, I just think this is a great topic because so many of us show up to an interview process and we either don't feel comfortable negotiating or we're not sure what the actual role is going to look like. So we just blurt out a number or we get more information later. Maybe we're going through the interview process. We've already shared a number and then we find out from a friend or a colleague or somebody who works there that, hey, the range for those types of roles is actually typically a lot higher than what we shared. And that can be a really frustrating experience because then we feel like we've pigeonholed ourselves. We feel like we are strapped to this number that we gave, which is way below what the company was expecting. And we know we're leaving money on the table. So I'm here to tell you that you absolutely can renegotiate your number at the end of the process if you think that you can get something higher, if you think that it is within reason. But we can't just show up and ask for more money for the sake of asking for more money. That doesn't really work out too well. Instead, we need to have a rationale or a business case for why this additional amount of money, why this change is warranted. So let's talk about how you can do that. Now, when we think about creating a business case, we have to work with what's in front of us and what's available to us. And typically when we're changing something like a salary figure, we need to have that rationale. Something else has needed to have changed. So when we look at the interview process, the biggest thing that's changed is the information that we have received about the role. And in some cases, you'll be able to spin this up with information that you've already gotten. In other cases, you might wanna ask some questions in order to get this information. So I just wanna give you two examples of how you might do this. One of them is the one that Adam shared, and the other is the one that I actually commented right on Adam's post. So let's start with mine, because this is the angle that you can use with the information that has changed, that has been given to you. So what I mean by that is when you start an interview process, In the first call, you're given a little bit of information about the role, right? It's a general screening call. Maybe you get some overarching information, but you're typically talking to a recruiter or somebody who's not quite on the team. And in that call, you're typically asked about the salary as well. So when you give that initial number, you are basing that number based on what you know of the role at this point, which quite frankly is very high level. As you go through the interview process and you talk to more people on the team, people who are closer to the role, you're going to get more information on this role. You're going to get more information on the goals, the challenges, the initiatives, the vision, the specific things that you'd be doing every day and the expectations that you would be taking on if you accepted this role. And that can change what this role is worth, right? So if you said, you know, hey, I'm looking for roles and or I'm being considered for roles in the range of, you know, 100K to 110K, and then you learn that you are actually going to be responsible for twice the amount of revenue that you thought you would be responsible in the first place. Or if you're going to be responsible for a team that is three times the size as the team you initially thought you'd be responsible for, or any of these other things that have changed, that is grounds to ask for more money. So you can show up and say, you know, 
originally when I started this conversation and I shared the number, that number was aligned with the expectations that I would be managing this amount of revenue or this amount of people or whatever it is. And through this process, you know, I've absolutely loved meeting everybody, talking to everybody. I've learned a lot about the role and the goals and the expectations as well. And I have no doubt about my abilities to achieve that. Uh, but given the scope of things, I do believe that that is commensurate with a shift in the compensation. So with all of this information in mind, I believe that this is the number that best aligns with the value that I'm bringing to the table for this team. So basically the rationale and the case that you're making is based on new information that you got about the role, which is gonna be the case in 99% of interviews, almost every single interview, because of what I said before, you start out with a high level cursory knowledge of the role and you just get more information as you go. That's gonna happen in pretty much every single interview. But let's say that for some reason it doesn't and you have all of the information up front but you still, for some reason, feel like you deserve more money or you could negotiate for more money. This is where Adam's tactic comes in, which is basically asking questions to get more information, to manufacture some of that information that you need. So in his post, he specifically mentioned asking how many hours a week you'd be expected to work. And he said, if it was anything over 40, well, now you can basically readjust your expectations and your compensation based on the initial expectation was that you'd be working a 40 hour week. That's what most people work, that's standard. But if the average is 40 to 50 or 50 to 60 or 60 plus or whatever, you can now create a little bit of a sliding scale for that number you originally shared on the grounds that you were expecting to work 40, but now it looks like you're gonna be working more, which you're okay with uh, if you are okay with that. But if you are okay with that, then there should be some more money that aligns to you know those additional hours that you're working. So that was an example of Adam's take, which is basically, can you think of some way, some question to ask that will allow you to create that additional context, that, that additional information in detail that will allow you to base your case on having more money, asking for more money. So those are the two things that you can bring to the table if you feel like you lowballed yourself with that initial salary conversation and you want to negotiate up later on in the process. I hope that helps you, especially if you are in that exact situation going through the interview process. But either way, if you are just entering the process, please make sure to do your due diligence, to do all the research that you can to get as much information on the salaries for this company, this role, and and your experience as you possibly can so that you avoid this situation entirely. That's it for today. Thank you as always for listening and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.